Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. In this uh, series we're finishing today, our series called One Cause. Um, and uh, today we're going to be talking about our commission. But just to give you just a, a little uh, update from the last two weeks. The first week we talked about the... Uh, our cause, our cause, which comes out of first, or not first, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 37, where Jesus is standing before Pilate, and Pilate says to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born. Let's read this part, this is the next part all together, nice and loud. Ready? Read. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Our cause. This verse inspired us to name our church, One Cause Church. Our cause is absolutely the cause of Christ. And we are here to bear witness of the truth just as he was. We've taken up his cause of bearing the truth. And that truth is the truth of his gospel. Praise God. The gospel of Christ. That is, Christ died for our sins. And he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Aren't you grateful for that good news? And that's the good news. That's it. That's it. And we're not going to add to it, are we? There's a temptation, and there are people who do it. They add to it. They add all kinds of things to it. Try to dress it up. But it's already as dressed up as it can be. It's already beautiful and pure as it is, and Paul warned the church at one point, he says, I'm a, I'm a little afraid for you that you have left the simplicity that is Christ. It, this gospel of Christ, is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. That, that includes you. Come on, tell somebody next to you, that includes you. Even you can get saved. <laughs> Even you can be born again. Amen. Your bad is not as bad as his good is good. And then we talked about our culture last week. Our culture is one of believing and belonging and becoming. Believe. We walk by faith. We talk about faith here because it is everything to our Christian experience. It's how we come into this relationship with God. It is by grace through faith that we come into this deal. By grace through faith, not of works, not of works, so that none of us have any bragging rights. Jesus gets all the glory in this salvation. This is, this is a beautiful story between a father and a son, and he invites all of us into that relationship, that experience. It's a marvelous thing that he has done for us. And so we walk by faith, and Colossians says it like this, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Well, how did you receive him? You believed. So walk in him. So we received him by faith and we walk by faith. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is how we see things as God sees them. Faith keeps us out of being governed by our natural senses. Even though these things are very beneficial. How many of you are glad that you can taste? <laughs> right? That you can feel? As my friend David Garner says, pain is just uh, a reminder that you're alive, right? 
We feel. It's a good thing that we can feel and we can smell and we can hear, we can see. But we're not ultimately governed by those things. We are connected to God by faith. And it's, faith is the currency in the kingdom of God. It's how we receive from Him. We belong also. Our culture is one of belonging. You are. You are and always will be welcomed here at One Cost Church. You will be loved here. You will not be judged here. If you are, come and tell Heather, and she'll take care of it. She'll straighten it out. Because there, there is always a place for you here. And we believe that you're here because the Lord led you here. We don't believe in accidents when it comes to people coming to church here. Amen. Because God has a wonderful purpose for us all being here together. And, and this culture of One Cause Church is is deeper than just mere community. This is a family. We are brothers and sisters in the family of God. And this is a place where we want everyone here to realize that they belong. God chose us. God accepted us. God loved us long before we ever loved him. And in this family, you can simply be who you are. Because that's how he made you to be. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And you also have gifts, and you have abilities, and you have talents that belong here as well. I don't know about you, but I found a a greater sense of belonging when I began to contribute what God put in me into the house of God, into the church, and uh, my own capabilities as, as well as being a recipient of others. That's the beauty of the body, right? We give and receive. And then our culture is one of becoming. What are we becoming? We're becoming more and more like Jesus. That's the goal. The scripture says that he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. And he wants us to know what is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, that's not going to be known by ourselves. We're not going to really understand that fullness of Christ as individuals, but as individuals who have come together unified in his cause. Our greatest potential in becoming like Jesus is found in the church. Because when he gave gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, he did that to equip you for service. And your service, in turn, edifies and builds up the body of Christ. And so by this, we are becoming what God has called us to become. And when we all embrace our place in the body and, and, and we all do our part, then we will see and experience the, the abundance That is found in Christ. In other words, God truly wants us to experience all of him. All of him. The fullness, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. It's not going to happen, as I said, in our individuality, but in our unity. And the optimum potential called the fullness of Christ will be realized as we, the members of the body, continue to come together, to serve together, and to build together. So today our commission... Our commission is what you see out here in the foyer as you're coming through those double doors into the sanctuary. Our commission is this, to share his message, to serve his mission, and to show his mercy. To share his message, to serve his mission, and to show his mercy. I want us to take our Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning, and we'll begin reading in verse 18. Um, I'd like to take a moment to, where is Quan? He what? Went to get breakfast. All right. Well, never mind. 
then a very unhappy birthday to you, Quan. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, tomorrow he's going to be 30. So that's great, huh? I'll have to say it's good to be Asian because you wouldn't know it by looking at him. Keep that youth for a long time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Did you notice it says has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, so if you are in the family of God, you're a believer, then you already have a ministry given to you. It's not something that you are looking to, one day I'd like to go in the ministry, I'd like to have a ministry, you have it right there. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us have this ministry or service of reconciliation. Now let's continue to read. That is, here it is, that is that God was in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. So this is where it happened. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. In other words, God is wrapping his arms around this world reconciling the world to himself, how? Not imputing their trespasses to them. In other words, not holding their sins against them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So this ministry of reconciliation has a message of reconciliation. All right? The word of reconciliation. Um, The word reconciliation ultimately means the exchange. And we talk about the exchange here a lot, don't we? Because the Christian life is not just a changed life. It's an exchanged life. Our life for his life. His life for our life. The old things are gone. The new things have come. He became sin and we became what? Come on, help me out if you've heard this. huh? He became sin. We became the righteousness of God. He became wounded and what did we become? Healed. He became a curse and we became blessed. He became poor and we became rich. Look, what an amazing exchange. He, the son of God, became the son of man so that we, the sons of men, could become sons of God. He became forsaken and we became forgiven. So this is the exchange. We have a word of reconciliation. It also means, I love the other, another definition for this, from the biblical definition of reconciliation, restoration to divine favor. Isn't that beautiful? Restoration to divine favor. What is favor? It's something you can't earn. It's just something that's given to you. I was my grandpa's favorite. My grandpa Holler. I was born very early. My parents were juniors in high school when I was born. Well, they were senior. Actually, it was going into their senior year. And so I was... um, I lived with my grandparents basically the first year so my parents could finish high school. And uh, so my, my grandpa spent a lot of time with me and therefore he loved me. And so I took full advantage of that favor. <laughs> Especially when it came to beating up my little brother, Pastor Brandon. <laughs> and I knew how my, fa- my grandfather saw me. And so I would pick a fight with my brother and we'd be wrestling in the living room. I, I always started it. Always started it. That's what the older brother's supposed to do. Instigate, provoke, aggravate, right? So that's, I lived up to it. I mean, to the nth degree. And I'd be on top of him, beating up on him. My grandfather would say, Brandon, leave Eric alone. 
I loved it. That drove my brother mad. But see, favor is something that you can't earn. It's just something that is given to you, and you have been restored to divine favor. This is what this message is telling us. Think about this. God was reconciling the world before we were receiving that reconciliation. And what that is saying to us is that God has already done his part. But he's not going to just do it all by himself because he wants a relationship with you. He's not forcing this on you. He's just offering it to you. He's saying, this is, you are the apple of my eye. You are the object of my affection. So much so, you are worthy of the price that was paid for you. And that price cost me dearly, the death of my son. But I got you. I got all of you if you will accept. If you will believe this, you can come into and experience all that this exchange means. It's beautiful, isn't it? This is, we have a word of reconciliation. He reconciled us to himself through his son. You know what that means? God is not angry with us. He's not angry with the world. He's not. He's, he's over that. God put all his wrath that was against our sin on his son. He poured that out on his son. Jesus took the full penalty, paid the full price for our sins because the wages of sin is death. So Jesus died for our sins so that we don't have to die from them. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you grateful to God? Why don't we just say thank you, Jesus, for a moment? Why don't you thank God today that you are reconciled? That you, you're not, you don't have to try to do good stuff, try to be right, and try to get right with God. People, you need to get right with God. No, God already got right with us. Amen. Amen. He already made us right. We just walk by faith and believe in His Son that Jesus did everything that was necessary. As Heather said, we get to enjoy His perfection. The Christian experience, our, our, our life is not a journey of striving toward perfection. No, we are already perfect in Christ Jesus. We're actually living from perfection, not for perfection. Amen. In the Spirit, it's a done deal. Now, it takes this flesh some time to catch up. It takes this mind some time to catch up. But in, in the realm of the Spirit, the, the, the essence of who you and I are, it's a done deal. Perfected. He has perfected forever those who are in process. <laughs> and to really share his message means that we must be convinced that his grace is truly greater than anyone's sins. If we're really going to share, if we're really going to share this message the right way. But in order for us to do that, we must first believe that his grace is greater than our own sins. Can I get a good amen? amen. So that we will live thankful, grateful lives, humbled at this truth. That way, we then are able to see beyond the faults and the failures of others. And we need that. The world needs to know that there's a God who loves them unconditionally. And we are able to do that because we realize that he looked beyond all of our faults. And all our failures and saw our broken nature and saved us. Thank you, Lord, for that. It's the goodness of God that leads us to change. It's not, his, it's not fear coming from him. It's his goodness. God's not looking at the outside. He's looking at the heart. And he is in hot pursuit of the hearts of men and women. Amen. And when you realize the magnitude of his love for you, the truth is it's hard to keep it to yourself. When you realize this love, when you really grasp this reconciliation, 
and you've experienced it for yourself, you can't keep your mouth shut about it. You've got to tell somebody this good news. You've got to tell someone this glorious news. So this is our commission. It is to share his message wherever we go. And the message that you most importantly need to share is your own experience. Your own experience with God. Tell your story. Tell how you came to know Christ. You know, it doesn't have to be so much about all the things that you did before you got saved. Right? It doesn't have to be so much about that. It's, it's, it's what you've now been brought into. That's what the world needs to hear. The hope that you have since you know God. Hmm? The power, the partnership, the relationship that you've experienced, the life and the love that, that you've been able to know because of knowing Him. Our testimony is what we've been brought into, not so much what we've been brought out of. Amen. I mean, right, we've all been brought out of dirty, nasty stuff. Some people, you know, more than others. And I, I can remember as a pastor's kid, you know, I was raised in a pretty sheltered home, Christian home all my life. I'm grateful for that. But I always felt like I didn't have any testimony because I hadn't killed anybody. I hadn't shot up any drugs. I, hadn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to jail I didn't do this or that. And so I always hear people tell those stories. You know, I killed eight people, and uh, I raped and robbed and murdered and, and, and did this, and then Jesus saved me. Wow, that guy's got a powerful testimony. I always thought, and I always thought, well, I was always raised in church. <laughs> but the older I get, the more I realize that is an amazing testimony. Because it really is not so much. That's why his name, that's why Jesus' name was not Moses, but Joshua the Messiah. Because Joshua brought him into promise. Moses took him out of the muck. He took him out of Egypt. But that's not your whole testimony. That you've been delivered out of bondage. You've been, but what you've been brought into. You've been brought into an inheritance. A promise. A place of promise. Where his promises are yes and amen. Stay on your notes, Eric. Next. What, and then the next aspect of this commission is to serve his mission. Everybody say, serve his mission. Serve. Matthew chapter 6, well, what is his mission? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 16, verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Who's talking here? Jesus is talking, and here's what he says. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In other words, what I'm building will never fail. Hell itself can't stop it. Hell itself can't stop it. What I'm building will not fail. And that's the mission that we're serving. That's the mission, to build the church. Ephesians chapter 4, let's turn there for a moment. I, I touched on this just a little bit while ago. And he himself, talking about Jesus, this is after he ascended up to heaven. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. The word ministry simply means service, for the work of service, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means to build up, all right? So, so you're equipped when you come here and you receive the message, you are being equipped for the ministry or for the work of service. 
And that service is to edify or to build the body of Christ. You're builders. Say, I'm a builder. And so you serve his mission of building in church. Well, how do you do that? Well, come. That's a good start. Be here, right? Your attendance is building. (laughs) Amen. Being here, serving here, serving here, giving here. All right, I got one yell on giving. All right. Huh? Your, your, your part in this building and edifying one another is to encourage one another and to stir one another up, the scripture says, unto good works, right? Encouraging one another, praying for each other, praying for our church, bringing, bringing people with you. This is how we're building the church. I like this one too, to show his mercy. To show his mercy. One of the greatest missionaries of the last century is a man by the name of T.L. Osborne. If you don't know who T.L. Osborne is, you should Google him and read about the amazing ministry that this man and his wife Daisy had for many, many years. I mean, countless, countless, countless miracles, especially blind eyes, lots of blind eyes being opened in their ministry. They traveled all over the world. And uh, I heard a a preacher say some time ago that... that, um, in his mind, he said he was the greatest missionary of the last century. Uh, what, what he was able to accomplish. Um, but something that he said that stuck with me. And I heard him. I, I had the privilege of getting to hear him speak one time out in Columbus, Texas. And he said, we owe it. We owe it to the world to not only preach the gospel, but to demonstrate the gospel. That's so good. We owe it to the world to not only preach the gospel, but to demonstrate the gospel. You know what that means? If that's the case, then you as a believer carry with you every day of your life authority and power. You carry authority, which is his name. That's the authority that you have. Jesus said, in my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will cast out devils. You'll speak into, this is all in his name. You have his authority. Amen. And power. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is when Peter is preaching at Cornelius' house. This is the first Gentile convert. Before he gets to the place where they they get saved, it says he's, he's building in this message. And one of the things he says is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing. Notice that healing is right there with doing good. And we know that Jesus went about healing all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases. There wasn't one disease that could stump him. Not even death. Raised people from the dead. Raised himself from the dead. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. You notice that, that sickness, disease, that's all from the devil. All right, that's not God trying to put something on you to help you learn something. No, Jesus came. He came for war, not war against man, but war against the enemy of man. Because when, when man sinned, and the scripture says that, that death is the, is the result of sin, death has a lot of ugly cousins called sickness, disease, maladies, right? All those kinds of things came with it. But Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So it shows that God is not on the same team as the devil. Right? They're not on the same team. 
That's good to know. That way you know who you're really fighting. Because if you're one of those accepts that, well, everything happens because of the Lord, it's, it's his will after all. Well, where, first of all, where does the devil get the credit for any of the evil if God's the one who's auth, uh, authorizing all of it, right? And how can we really trust him then? How can we really trust him if, if he's that psychotic? No, he's good and he only does good. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You have seen the Father. And when Jesus, Matthew 14, 14, watch this. So he went about doing it. And when Jesus saw, went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them. There's mercy. And healed their sick. He was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. So it's more than just about being aware of someone's misfortunes. My family, you have mercy in action. It's a moving it's a moving. There are plenty who are aware of others' troubles, but many feel helpless to do anything about it. But you're not helpless. You've got help. Matter of fact, you've got the helper, as Jesus called the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you. That same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you, which means that authority, that power is in you. Just don't be afraid. Take courage and heal the sick. Bring help. Amen. Demonstrate this gospel. As he is, so are we in this world. You know what that means? What Jesus can do, so can you. I want you to say that. What Jesus can do, I can do. See, as David said, you are the excellent ones in the earth. The church, the body of Christ, you are the excellent ones in the earth. You are the body of Christ. You're the church. Signs and wonders follow you. That means where you go, miracles go. Where you go, healing goes. Where you go, where you go, life goes. Where you go, authority over every devil goes. Amen. You should have seen Alex Ammons when we were in Uganda, Africa, casting devils out of people. That was incredible. And he wasn't afraid. I remember the first time I was, my dad, my dad drug me into the craziest stuff sometimes, training me up in ministry. And one day we were in downtown McKinney and we were sitting in the office and we, we had uh, this meeting every Tuesday. Was it every Tuesday? Dad would meet with several pastors and staff and we would sit and talk the Bible for two or three hours each week. And he would train us up in the scriptures and teach us how to see things in the scriptures. It was a marvelous time. Well, my mom was in the room next to us in my dad's office actually and she is counseling this woman and all of a sudden this demonic Expression begins to happen. And um, I mean, the woman is contorting. She's, she, she's putting her hands around her throat, literally trying to choke herself to death and slithering on the floor. It's crazy. So we hear her in there. I mean, we hear my mom telling that thing to come out in Jesus' name. And, and we're all like, okay, now turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we hear this <laughs> stuff going on the other side of the room, right? So mom comes out. She's like, John, I need you to help. Dad says, Eric, go in there and help your mom. I'm like, I don't want to go in there. Why would I go in there? So I did. And went there at this time. She's on the floor and she's. And here's the interesting thing. This is why we knew that this was absolutely demonic. You know, some people, you just don't really know. But. 
Some people, even demons won't go in. <laughs> she, she, but she had a speech impediment. But when this thing spoke, spoke perfectly. I was like, okay, that's not her. And um, so we spent some time casting that devil. I mean, actually, there were several. And then finally, it was like, an amazing experience. When she got free, she just began to sing. She began to sing in tongues, actually. It was really interesting. Her eyes got crystal clear. And, I mean, she was free. But I learned a lesson that day. I learned a lesson that day that I needed to learn. That we have authority in the name of Jesus. You do. You do. And they have to go. And that, with that authority, there's deliverance for those that are oppressed. Set the captives free. Heal the sick. Amen. Freely, Jesus said, you have received. Freely give it. Galatians 6.10, I'll finish with this. Therefore, as we have opportunity. What is that? Open doors. Hmm? As we have the open door, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we're looking out for each other, first and foremost, right? Body of Christ. But we have a commission here from God to do good to all, which involves demonstrating this gospel as well as declaring this gospel. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for our commission that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, that it's not by our might and not by our power, but it is by your Spirit that we will share your message and we will serve your mission, and we will show your mercy. Your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy that came to us. By your own mercy, you've saved us. Thank you, Father, for your presence here, for the Spirit of the living God, how you manifest yourself in this corporate gathering. We're together. We experience you, Lord, in a, in a different way than we do just as individuals, Lord. I thank you for the power of this gathering that's here. That these excellent ones who have come under one roof here today, Lord, to be equipped for service, to build, to build the body of Christ, to do what Jesus did, to go about doing good and healing, that they go, Lord, in authority and in power to show this world the mercy of God, to show this world the love of God, Father, I thank you for these opportunities, these open doors, and help us, God, to go through them, to seize those opportunities, to not back down, to not be afraid. But Lord, every person that we come across, help us to remember you paid the highest price for them to be reconciled to you. And now our message is to them, be reconciled to God. He reconciled you, so be reconciled. Believe this gospel. Believe this beautiful message. It will save your life and give you a hope that far exceeds even death itself. That's when you really start living. <laughs> Father, thank you now. Thank you for meeting needs in this room today. If you're here today and you need healing in your body, I want you to just raise your hand right now where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for that healing power that is still evident today that is still at work. And I thank you for these 
who have their hands raised, that their bodies are receiving right now the fullness of your healing power. They're receiving the benefit. And we bless the Lord. And we do not forget your benefits. You heal all of our diseases. You forgive all of our iniquities. And so I thank you that every sickness, every infirmity, every disease now is being broken to pieces and removed from these bodies and that healing is invading every tissue, every cell, every fiber of their being so that they can operate, they can function at peak proficiency. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.